guys, can you believe it? This very day, the San Francisco 49ers, yay! They are going to play the Candy City, Kansas City Chiefs, boo, for the national championship in the football league. I can't believe it. This very day, close to 100,000 people are going to watch the game live in Miami, and they say over 110 million people will watch the game on television all around the world. Now, before we go off to watch the Super Bowl, I wanted to talk to you about the big game. So there in your outline, or there in your program is an outline for our message called My Ticket to the Big Game. And I hope you'll take that out and use it to follow along. Now, while you're doing that, I thought I'd share some fun facts to know and tell about the Super Bowl. Like, did you know that this very weekend that we will spend over one billion dollars on food alone. Did you know that? It's been estimated that we will eat 1.4 billion chicken wings, 10 million pounds of ribs, 11.2 million pounds of potato chips, and 51.7 million cases of beer will be consumed this very weekend. So be careful out there, people. Listen to me now, if you choose to watch the game, not only are you going to see some great football, but it promises to hold some special commercials at a going rate of $5.6 million for every 30-second spot. Now, to top it all off, there'll be a halftime extravaganza with Jennifer Lopez and Shakira. Oh, I shouldn't do that, right? Shakira. Shakira. It's going to be an amazing day. And I want to tell you, of all the sporting events and concerts and award shows, there is nothing in our country that even comes close to the Super Bowl. This is truly for our nation, the big game. In fact, there on your outline, it's so big, do you know that the average price of a resale ticket to the Super Bowl, are you ready for this? Write this down. $7,438. And that's why I'm here right now and not in Miami. So that's a great lead into to our talk about my ticket to the big game. And what I want you to do is I want to ask you to use your imagination for just a couple minutes. I want you to imagine that you are a huge football fan. Now, for some of us, that's easier than others, but this is your year, and your team has made it to the big game. And so you're last, earlier last week, you're surfing online, and all of a sudden, an ad pops up on the screen, last-minute tickets to the Super Bowl. And you're thinking, wow, is there any way? And you're going like, this might be my only chance. This is like a bucket list kind of chance to go to the big game. So you click the ad, you pull out your credit card, and you make arrangements to have your ticket FedEx to you the next day. Then you fly to Miami, and then on game day morning, you take a shuttle to the Hard Rock Stadium, and you get in line with tens of thousands of people, and the atmosphere, friends, it's just electric. I mean, you're standing there, you're so excited, you don't have a care in the world, because all around you, people are holding their ticket, and you have your ticket in hand, and as they open the gates, people are going through, and so you hand your ticket to the concession worker, 
and he scans your ticket. But instead of a green go on through light on the scanner, a red light goes off. And just to be sure, he scans it again. And then he looks in your eyes and he looks you in the eyes. And he says, I'm so sorry, but this is an invalid ticket. Can you please step aside so other people can go through? Can you imagine how you'd feel in that moment? Shocked, devastated, like totally heartbroken. And you stand there with your, with your bogus ticket and you're wondering, how in the world could this have happened to me? You, had, you thought you had a real ticket, but in the end, it was fake. It was a, a bogus ticket. Now, I want you to think with me for a second, because in the United States, the Super Bowl, that's our big game. But you know, according to Jesus, that doesn't even come close to the big game he referred to in Mark 8, 36 on your outline when he says these words. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? What Jesus is trying to communicate here is he's asking a key question. He's saying, what does it matter if you have fame and fortune and reputation and you can even afford $7,438 to buy your own Super Bowl ticket? What does that matter if you don't have a soul-saving relationship with God? If you don't have the gift of eternal life, if you don't have a real ticket into heaven? You see, according to Jesus, this life that we're living right now, this is the lead up to the real big game of heaven. Now, friends, I don't know where you were last week when you heard the news, but I was actually driving the church and on the radio, they said Kobe Bryant and his precious daughter were killed in a helicopter accident. Man, the first words out of my mouth were, oh my God, no, please, this can't be happening. And then I thought of this very verse that I just shared with you. And in my heart, I said, oh God, I hope his soul was ready. I hope his soul was ready. Now, I do find comfort in knowing that Kobe Bryant uh, believed in God. In fact, I put one of my favorite Kobe quotes on your outline. When he retired, here's what he said. He said, I've pretty much done all I can do here, and you know, God will carry me the rest of the way, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, the last place that Kobe was before the helicopter accident is he was in church with his family. Now, I tell you all that because I hope with all my heart that when Kobe met his maker, that he had a real ticket to his big game. But more than that, as your pastor... I want to tell you, I hope with all my heart that you're ready with your real ticket. Because one day, that day will be your day. The Bible says it very clearly in Hebrews 9.27 on your outline. It says, everyone must die once and after that be judged by God. In fact, playwright... The great famous playwright George Bernard Shaw said it this way. He said, the statistics about death are quite impressive. One out of every one dies. And friends, it's true. It's true. My heart for you as your pastor is I want to do everything I can so that when your moment comes, when you stand in line for God's big game, 
that you are holding a valid ticket. So I want to start out with by, I want you to have confidence of knowing you're holding the real deal and not a bogus ticket. So there on your outline, I want to start with three signs that you might be holding a bogus ticket. And the first one simply goes like this. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. People express it like this. I'm a good person. I believe in God in my own way, and that's good enough. Friends, I'll never forget driving to the Pro-Am at Pebble Beach with my good friend, Scott. Scott and I grew up together. We went to high school together. Like, we partied together. We vandalized together. We got in trouble together. And then years later, we hooked back up, and we actually worked together for a construction company. And Scott is taking, we're driving to the Pro-Am in his work truck when he says to me, he says, hey, Paul, if my phone rings, you need to answer it. And if it's my boss, I need you to tell her that I can't come to work today because I'm on another job. And I said, whoa, whoa, time out, Scott. I'm not going to lie for you. And we keep on driving towards Monterey, and I start talking to him, trying to encourage him to put his faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And in that conversation, here's what he says to me. He says, he says Paul, I, I just feel like I don't really need Jesus because I'm a good person. And I said, whoa, Scott, time out. Wait a second, dude. I know you. We grew up together. In fact, you just, 20 minutes ago, you just asked me to lie for you. You see, friends, saying I'm a good person, it's a bogus ticket because it causes me to overrate my morality. It's the false belief that, hey, because I live a decent moral life, I treat people fairly, <laughs> I vote, I pay my taxes, you know, I, I try to be a good person. Because I'm a good person, when it comes to judgment day, I'm free and clear. Like, I'll, God will punch my ticket, I'll go right in. In your head, you're thinking, well, you know, you know, rapists and axe murderers and drug dealers, they're going to be in big trouble, but I'll be just fine. Thank you very much. Friends, listen to me. This lie leads millions to believe there's no reason to get all worked up about Christ and church and commitment or this silly notion that I need a savior. Come on. This idea that I don't need Jesus because I'm a good person and that's good enough for God and it's good enough for me. Friends, can I tell you, if you're holding this ticket of I'm a good person, could it be that you received some bogus information. Because I want you to be aware of what the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verses 10 through 23 on your outline. The Bible says, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Now, friends, here's the deal. I know you. I love you. I think so highly of you. But this is a fact about you. You can't even live up to your own standard of right and wrong, let alone God's. And the fact is, we, we sin all the time. 
We sin all the time, but we don't let it stab us. We live in such a sin-filled society that we kind of blow it off, and we don't realize how serious sin is in the eyes of God. And just to kind of make my point clear, I want us to take a little sin survey. And I want to, I want to be fair. I want to give you every chance possible. So to make my point, here's what we're going to do. I want, to, I want you to think about your life and everything up to 2019 free and clear. You get a pass. So I'm just talking about 2020. Just, in fact, let's just do the month of January. And I'm going to read a list. And on your outline, just on the side somewhere, everything that I mentioned that applies to you, just put a little check mark on your outline. And uh, let's, so let's go. Let's try it out. So like for number one, have you lied this year? Put a check. And if you didn't put a check right now, put a check because you just lied, right? So, <laughs> so you get it. Have you lied this year? Put a check. Have you been rude or unkind? To a spouse, family member, or coworker, put a check. Have you taken something that wasn't yours? Have you cussed or used God's name in vain? Put a check. Have you been selfish or broken a promise to your children? Have you lusted in your heart or looked at pornography? Put a check. Have you been prideful, arrogant, or self-righteous? Check, check, check. Have you neglected the needs of the poor? Have you gotten drunk or used illegal drugs? Have you eaten more than you should? Put a check. Have you abused your body? Have you gossiped about someone behind their back? Have you been cruel to another? Put a check. Have you need of another sheet of paper? See, what, what I'm getting at here is you may be able to look at your sheet and all these check marks and blow it off as no big deal. But friends, that's just one month. Now let's look at your whole life. Month after month, year after year, check mark after check mark. Every one of those checks is you turning your back on God, saying, forget you, God. I'm going to do what I want to do my way. And friends, you realize that every single one of those check marks has serious consequences. That's why Romans 6.23 on your outline says this, for the wages of sin is what? Death. A bogus ticket. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Friends, do you see it? The wages of sin, it disqualifies you. It's an invalid ticket to getting into the big game. This idea that I'm going to sail right into heaven because I'm a good person and I live a decent moral life, man, that's a ticket that's going to be marked invalid and worthless on judgment day. It's the first ticket. The second bogus ticket, would you write this one down, is I'm going to heaven because, number two, I believe in God. I believe in God in my own way. But James 2.19 in the Bible says this, you believe that there is one God? Good. Good for you. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Friends, it's not enough to just say you believe in God. Holding this, this vague agreement that a God exists, here's what I'm getting at. Some of you, you believe in God 
like you believe in Abraham Lincoln. Like you know who he is, you know what he did, but you don't really know God. That's why I put this anonymous quote on your outline that says, friends, it is possible for you to miss heaven by 18 inches. And it's the distance between your head and your heart. Let me see if I explain it this way. Say that you're sitting at home, you're in the kitchen doing your dishes, and all of a sudden a stranger arrives at your house, knocks on your door, and you open the door and says, hey, hey, I, I know you don't really know me, but I'm a really good person, and I want to tell you, I believe in you, and I believe in your house, and I want to come live in your house. And you're thinking, oh, man, what the heck? And I'm saying, wait, 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 don't be scared, because I want to tell you, right here in my box, I have this really good trophy of, of this volleyball tournament I won. It's really cool. And, and I have this, in my in box, I have this little plaque that says, I go to Crossroads Church, voted the best community church for six years in a row. I go to church, and, 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 and you know, I know you don't really know me, but here's my business card. I have that. And, you know, last year I ran a Spartan race. So I'm just here to tell you, man, I'm a good person, and I believe in you, and I'm ready to come live in your house. What are you going to say to that nut job? <laughs> You're going to say, hey, dude, hold on. I don't care what you have in your box. You can't come live in my house because what? I don't know you. I don't know you. And that's a great lead-in to the third bogus ticket. Would you write this down? Third bogus ticket says, I'm going to the big game because I attend church. I attend church. You know, my, my father-in-law's name was Hal Larson. And he was a great guy. And we used to love to watch sports together. And we used to love to swap really bad jokes. But as he was getting near the end of his life, I had a very serious talk with him about eternity. And I asked him the most important question you can ever ask another person. And I said, how? How do you know that you're going to heaven when you die? He said, oh, Paul, I've been a good Lutheran all my life. I've attended church all my life. I was baptized as a baby. Certainly, I'm going to heaven. And I thought for a second, I got this great inspiration. Because we like to swap jokes, I told Hal the same joke I want to tell you now. So I said, hey, Hal, let me tell you a joke. This guy walks into a bar, and he sits in the back with another man for about 10 minutes, but then he walks up to the bartender, and he says, hey, bartender, are you a betting man? Bartender says, well, it depends on the bet. He says, I'll bet you five bucks that I could bite my eye. Bartender says, no one can bite their eye. That's crazy. I'll take the bet. They shake hands, put the money on the counter. The guy pulls out a glass eye. Bites his eye, grabs his money, bartender, oh, man, dude, you tricked me. He says, well, hey, bartender, are you a betting man? He says, well, again, depends on the bet. He says, I'll bet you another five bucks I can bite my ear. Bartender says, well, nobody has fake ears. Okay, I'll take that bet. Guy pulls out some false teeth, <laughs> bites his ear. 
bartender, oh, man, you're like, what is this? He said, okay, bartender, to be all fair, you know, I kind of tricked you. I promise no tricks this time. I'll bet you 10 bucks you can win all your money back that you can put a shot glass at the end of this 20-foot bar. And if you give me five chances, I can spit perfectly from right here all the way perfectly in the shot glass. He said, man, no one can spit 20 feet. You're going to stand right here and you know tricks? No tricks, I promise. He says, you got to bet. Guy starts hacking and spitting. And he spits everywhere but the shot glass. He spits on the bar. He spits behind the bar. His last spit goes right in the bartender's face. Bartender's so happy. He like, there's a jig. I want my money. I got my money. I got. Then he goes, bartender goes, wait a second. You knew you couldn't spit in that shot glass. Why did you bet me? He goes, bartender, see that guy in the back corner? I just bet him 500 bucks that I could spit all over the bar, even in your face, and you'd be happy about it. <laughs> so that's the joke that I told Hal, and that's what he did, boo. <laughs> then I looked at him, and I said, so Hal, are you a betting man? Are you willing to bet your entire eternity on having church attendance as your Savior. Friends, it's been said that going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Friends, listen to me. This Sunday, close to 100,000 people will attend the Super Bowl in Miami. That doesn't make them football players. Friends, you know nowhere in the Bible... Does it teach that church attendance, sitting in a pew, enduring a service, gives you a ticket free and clear into heaven? Now, church attendance does not save your soul. On the other side, let me tell you, I'm thrilled you're here. Because, man, it blesses your spirit. It grows you in your faith. It provides great fellowship. It teaches you how to worship God. But, friends, it's not your ticket into heaven. Church attendance, banking on that is an invalid ticket, so much so that I want to share with you on your outline what I believe to be the saddest verse in the whole Bible. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23, Jesus said this, on judgment day, you know, big game day, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, would you underline the phrase, I never knew you. Now, as you're doing that, let me say this verse again in a different way. Let me just repeat the verse, but let's bring it to right now today. One day Jesus said, on big game day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, I went to church. I put money in the plate. I served in kids ministry. And the Lord replied, I'm sorry. Your ticket is invalid because I never knew you. Friends, that's why, here's the implication. Would you write this down? That's why my entrance into the big game is not determined by my religious activity, but on my relational connection. So let me ask you the same question 
that I asked my father-in-law how. How do you know you're going to heaven when you die? Maybe you were thinking when you came in, I, I thought I was going to heaven because I'm a good person. And I believe in God in my own way. And, and, and I go to church or temple or mosque. Friends, if you are holding these assurances as your ticket into heaven, you're probably holding a bogus ticket that will be marked invalid on judgment day. And some of you may be thinking, well, if a ticket into heaven isn't being good and believing in God and going to church, how do you get a ticket into heaven? And I want to tell you, with the time I have left, I want to give you two assurances that you're holding a valid, a real deal ticket. Friends, because can I tell you, that's why we're here. That's why we're here as a church, friends. Can I tell you, we feel in this place, God has given us the greatest gift of all. He gave us a ticket that we couldn't buy, earn, or afford. He purchased our ticket into heaven by giving his own son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place so that we could be forgiven and have the gift of eternal life. And so, friends, you can walk out of here with confidence today knowing exactly where you stand. Now, the reason we're here, I want you to have total clarity on this, is we exist to urgently lead people to say yes to Jesus and passionately follow him. And friends, it's urgent. It's not something you want to put off like when I get old and ready to die, then I'll... No, today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's urgent. That's why we're here. And to encourage you to passionately follow Christ. Now, one of the ways we do that around this place is through a group called Alpha. Hey, guys, I'm so excited because in a week and a half, Alpha starts right here. Let me tell you about it. We meet in the lobby Wednesday nights at 645 Starts with a nice dinner. We're talking free dinner together. We eat a meal. We watch a really cool video. And then we just talk about it. But what Alpha does is it gives you space to wrestle with the big issues of faith and purpose and eternity. And if you're interested in Alpha, you can just write on your communication card, write Alpha. And I promise we'll get you information this week. Or if you have a friend that you think, man, I want to make sure that they get their ticket to the big game. We put some invitations to Alpha in your program. Use these to invite your family, friends, and coworkers. And uh, it's a great opportunity to, disco to discover and come to grab on to the real ticket. And I want to talk to you about two signs of what a real ticket looks like. And the first sign is this. Would you, would you write this down? The first sign is simply personal repentance. Personal repentance. Acts 3, 19 and 20 says, Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that what? Your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Now, the simplest way that I can explain what repentance really means is when I accidentally walked into the women's restroom at Cal State East Bay. I wasn't paying attention. I walked in the restroom, and very quickly I realized, man, there are no urinals, and the feet under this stall has high heels on. And the first thing I, I did was I 
I said, Pastor Dwayne, what are you doing here? No, no. I did. First thing I did is, is I repented. Because repentance means to turn around and go the other way. And so I repented. And when the Bible talks about repentance, would you write this down? It simply means to turn away from sin, turn your back on sin, and turn back to God. Personal repentance happens when you come to the realization that over your lifetime, that you have amassed check mark after check mark after check mark, and you stand before a holy God and you humbly admit, God, I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. And the best way I know how, I turn away from my sin and I turn to you. Has there ever been a moment in your life where you personally repented of your sin? It's the first sign. The second sign of a real ticket is personal acceptance of Jesus Christ. And not as a religious figure or a moral teacher or an enlightened prophet, but as the Son of God who came to be your personal Savior. You do what Romans 10, 13 says on your outline, where it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will get a real ticket. Do you know, just over two years ago, Pastor Dwayne was gifted two sets of tickets to 49ers games. That was the year that everybody was giving tickets away because the 49ers had lost every game that season. So Pastor Dwayne invited me to go with him to the first game. We were so excited. The game started right after church. So, man, we booked out a church. We parked. We got to the stadium. We're standing in line with our tickets. We're so excited. And we get up to the concession stand. Dwayne looks down at the tickets. He says, oh, my God, I grabbed the wrong set of tickets. And we're up there talking to the concession guys. And Dwayne's saying, Really, I have, the, I have the right tickets. They're on my desk at work. Can you just let us in? And the guy looks at these tickets, and you know what he says. I'm sorry, sir. These tickets are invalid for this game. Step aside. Man, and we were stuck. Like, we couldn't go back. and get, By the time we got back, got the tickets, parked it, the game would be over. So do you know what we did? We called on the name of Lance. <laughs> And we called Lance, hey, Lance, Pastor Lance, are you still at church? Hey, can you go into Dwayne's office? Could you take a picture on your phone of the right tickets and text them to us? And can I tell you, by some miracle of God, we were able to, they were able to scan the tickets on our phone. And then miracle of miracles, that was the first game the Niners won that season. Man, we called on the name of Lance and he saved us and got us into the game. Now, friends, that's, that's a silly story about a meaningless 49ers game. But you know, God promises that if you'll call on the name of the Lord, he'll save you. And he'll get you into the big game of heaven. Let me ask you, have you done that? Have you personally asked Christ to be your Savior by placing your faith and trust in Him? Friends, do you know that you can do that today right where you sit? And if you will, God promises to forgive your sins, 
adopt you into his family and give you the gift of eternal life. Like he has your personal ticket into heaven. And I want to end my message by sharing with you a verse that captures this whole idea from 1 John chapter 5, 11 through 13. This is God's promise to you. It says this, and this is what God has testified. He has given eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may, what? Know. So that you can know that you know that you know that you have eternal life. Friends, God wants you to know that you have a ticket with your name on it purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ himself, purchased in advance, and all you have to do is reach out and take it. And I'm asking you all to look at me right now because I'm telling you, God is standing before you and he is reaching out to you with a ticket with your name on it. But it's up to you. Will you hang on to these bogus tickets of, well, I'm a good person. I believe in God in my own way. I, I go to church once in a while. Or are you willing to turn from your sin, turn to God and reach out and take Jesus for yourself. I want to give you a chance to do that right now as we pray together. Would you pray with me? Friends, think about it. Check mark after check mark after check mark. Do you really think you could save yourself? Or could it be you're holding a bogus ticket? that's leading you to exhaustion and separation. Today's your day. You can win the big game by simply saying, God, the right now in your heart, just say, God, the best way I know how, I'm turning away from my sin, I'm turning to you, and I'm trusting in your son, Jesus Christ, to be my personal savior. Jesus, come into my life, forgive my sins, and help me in this life, and bring me to the next. And if you have just prayed that prayer, would you just raise up your hand towards heaven? God bless you. God bless you. This is your day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You have just received your ticket to God's game of heaven and eternal life. And let's all celebrate that moment together. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.